My new book is out, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. It hit the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list, and I just wanted to say thank you. I hope you get it at capitalistbook.com. Here's what user Jay Eggleston said in an Amazon review. Warning, this book is addicting, is Nathan the new Tim Ferriss. He said, I met Nathan during my college days when he was still CEO of Hale. I knew he was inspiration since the day I met him. The book is totally a Nathan Latka original, and this is the new four-hour work week. Warning, though, it is addicting. I'm not sure how long I've been reading it now, and the only thing that is making me from put it down is the dreaded workday tomorrow. Six people found that helpful. Get the book today at capitalistbook.com. Founded IntroHive back in 2012. Today, uh, past 10 million bucks, or they're doing about 10 million bucks right now in ARR. They're about uh, 3Xing year over year. So healthy growth, 50 companies paying them per month, very much in the enterprise space. 15, that's one five million raised. Net revenue retention over 100%. Uh, they've got about 125 people in a bunch of different remote locations. You know, payback periods, you know, pretty low. Uh, when they do want to get aggressive, though, you know, he's happy to spend up to 12 months uh, to acquire the customers in a very, very hot space. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jody Glidden. He's been CEO of IntroHive since it was founded seven years ago. He's a frequent blogger and speaker on topics of sales acceleration, especially among enterprises. Jody, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, I am. All right. Thank you. You bet. Tell us about IntroHive. What's the company do and are you a pure play SaaS model? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we are pure play SaaS. Um, it's a system that um, looks at all of the enterprise data sources, uses machine learning and um, tries to make sense of it. Uh, uses it, it creates various different use cases and applications for uh, helping to accelerate sales. Things like uh, creating a, a searchable relationship graph that salespeople can use and, and a bunch of other things. Very cool. And give us a general sense of kind of pricing. What's the average customer pay per month or per year, would you say? Um, it, it depends on the size of deployments. We have some customers that are 100,000 employees or more. Um, they get better pricing, obviously. And then um, and then there's, there's smaller companies, but somewhere in the, uh, you know, 20 to $25 per seat per month range. And, and sorry, do that at a com- at actually a company like logo level. So on average, are you signing up like 30 seats, a hundred seats? Oh yeah. Most of our deployments are, are pretty large. Um, as far as normal, what you'd normally see in SaaS, we don't really do the normal SMB model. Um, we are primarily companies of 500 people, uh, or more. Okay. We do have a, a few smaller customers that might have a hundred or 200 seats, but that would be, that would be rare. Okay. And so if the average is kind of 500 or more, what would you, I mean, what does that look like in terms of ACV? Uh, yeah, we're, we're in, uh, we're, we're kind of in the, let's see the eight digits sort of size now. So we're just, just kind of, we're tripling every year. Um, sorry, sorry, so sorry, 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 not you as the company. I meant, I meant the, the annual contract value on, on that kind of new logo signing up. 
Oh, um, for somebody of, of 500 seats? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they're usually, you know, depending on what products they choose, because we have a number of products, but uh, a lot of co- companies start with us in around that $100,000 okay. uh, a year range. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's, really, that's really helpful to understand. All right. So about 100000 bucks first year ACV. Again, huge range, but that's kind of a good kind of average middle of ballpark kind of thing. Put this all on a timeline for me. When did you launch the company? Uh, really at the, at the end of 2011, start of 2012, that was when we raised our first money and kind of got more serious about things. Okay. And, uh, where were you personally at that part in your life? Did you just quit corporate or what? Yeah, I had just, uh, we had a pre me and my partner, Stuart had a previous startup. We were acquired by Blackberry and, um, that was in 2008, 2009 when, when Blackberry was, was, uh, you know, really the top really the only smartphone game in town back then. Uh, we stayed with them for a couple of years, took different roles, and then and then I left and uh, it started this. Then we raised money shortly after that and Stuart jumped over shortly after. That's great. So how much have you raised to date? Uh, we're, we've raised around 15 million or so. And there was no, there was never a thought to go on, you know what, let me, we, we have the money, let's just bootstrap this thing. Um, no, we did put some of our own money in as well. Um, there's been, you know, some equity raise. There's been some of our own money, and there's also been. Uh, we have a lot of our people in Canada, and the Canadian government has also uh, helped with some grant money and stuff like that. So total financing in is probably closer to uh, twenty. Okay. Uh, total from VCs would be closer to fifteen. Yep. Uh, but my point was, though, again, it sounds like you had some success in the past. Why raise VC at all? Why not just keep using your own money? Um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of risk. You know, I think it, I still believe that it's, it's worth it to have a, a financial partner. I, I have a friend who had a very, very successful startup where he got, I don't know, a hundred, 150 million personally. And he, he's tried since then doing two or three startups and he lost most of the money that he, you know, that he got, you can still do very, very well in some financial partners. And if you pick the right people, you know, you, you don't really lose a whole lot of um, control in doing that. Yep. So 2012 is kind of launch date, 15 million raised today. And what have you scaled to today in terms of total customers using the platform? Uh, so we're, we're around 50 customers or so. Okay. So this is very much kind of a super high ACV, kind of high touch, longer sales cycle kind of process. That's right. Yep. Yeah. We have, yeah. we have a lot of customers in the, you know, half million dollar a year range. Uh, we have, we've got some in the million dollar or more a year range. So it's um yeah it's definitely at the higher end. We're we're starting to move that down. So a lot of people started S and B and moved their way up. We actually started at large enterprise and moved our way down. And why, why what, is that? Why were you able to do that? Well, because of what we do, it, it's it's very very sensitive data. So you know we're taking the most trusted assets of an enterprise and we're helping them make sense of it. So you have to do if you if you want to do it properly, you have to put a lot of time and energy into your security. Um, encryption, all of the architecture of your system to make sure it, it will work properly and that there's there's no breaches. So if, once you do that, um, you, you know the the next, you know I think a lot of people started at the at the SMB because they can they can have a really simple minimal viable product and then move up over the years, put more and more time into it. With ours, we couldn't really have a minimal viable product unless we already put a lot of work in. So we thought at that point, you might as well recoup it by selling into large enterprise. Yeah. It's funny, you know, if, if I just view the website, enterhive.com and I scroll down, I scroll down. I mean, 
and don't don't take the offense to this. This looks like a company that could be from a CRM that like just launched yesterday. There, in other words, there's there's nothing that I realize. Wow, this enterprise until I get down to our customers and I see PwC and Reed Smith, and I'm going, maybe there's something else going on here. But nowhere do I see like you know you know the only CRM to protect against security breaches or handle your most like sensitive data. Why don't you lead with that? Yeah, we talk about it a lot in our blogging and in our thought leadership stuff and at conferences okay. and stuff. But we don't. Yeah, we probably don't make it as front and center. As, as we probably could, because I just, you know, we onboarded a half dozen employees today. And, and one of the <laughs> things that I mentioned in the, in the speech uh, to them, you know, the kickoff thing with, with the guys was um, for a company of our size, it's almost on our logos are almost unheard of, you know, and it's not, we don't, we're not one of those companies that has, you know, five seats at PwC. You know, we've got a hundred thousand seats at PwC. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it's like that with a lot of our customers. Our customers are, you know, giant banks and the biggest law firms in the world and the biggest tax, they're the, the, the most data sensitive uh, companies in the world. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's something that's unusual about us for sure, just because of kind of how we had to build the solution. Yeah. And you said you just recently passed 10 million bucks in ARR. Uh, yeah, we're right. Yeah. That's, that's or right, about right, right now. Right. Yeah. And then we're, and then we're tripling every year. We're, we have a goal to triple again in 2019. It's going to be hard to keep that forever, but that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, so if you're doing so, you know, 10 million run rate today means you're doing about 830 grand a month, and if you just tripled that, that means you were doing what about 250 grand just about a year ago per month. Yep, it's been pretty consistently for the last three years. We've been triple, tripling almost on the dot. Um, yeah, no, that's a, it's an impressive, that's obviously, you know, they say, what is it, you know, triple three times or triple two times and then double, 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 and you set yourself up for kind of IPO if you want. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, We're working really hard. I mean, we have to watch all aspects of the funnel, the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel to make sure that there's enough leads. Because if you look at the length of our sales cycles, we have to think pretty far in advance in order to make sure there's enough pipeline to have it closed in time. But so far, I think the guys are doing a really good job. What is that pipeline right now? What's the, what's the timeline? Uh, oh, our, our sales, uh, it's, it's somewhere around six months. Uh, okay. actually, we're just starting to get below six months now on the average. So, um, but, but really close to there, which, you know, in the old days, it would be like two years. <laughs> so, so we've, we've moved that in a lot. Yep. Now it sounded like your starting contract value is called maybe a hundred grand and it obviously goes up from there. What are you willing to say? How aggressive are you being? What are you willing to spend to acquire 100,000 bucks of new ARR? Uh, Yeah. You know, I, I don't think we pay too much attention to our sales costs or our marketing costs at this point because, you know, it's it's um it's, there's a really good return on the revenue that we bring in since it's high margin revenue. Um, there's a really good return. You know, our, our valuations tend to be somewhere in the twenty times um, uh, forward ARR um, uh, level. So when you're when you're looking at that, like if you if you brought in a million dollar deal and you spend a million dollars to get it, although we've never even came close to, <laughs> to spending that much money. But even if we did, let's say spend a million dollars to get a million dollar deal, um, you know, there's, there's a great return on that right now. So we're not, we're not trying to um, be profitable or anything like that. We're, we're yeah, actually Judy, sorry, well. sorry. The payback period has very little to do with profitability. Uh, it, that's just a sense of how long of a cash gap do you have to withstand before you get your money? Is it, is it short cash gap or can you afford to have a longer cash gap since you raised so much money? Yeah. But, but we all, we have great access to capital and we always have. Um, so, you know, the great thing, the, the reason we look at valuation so much as a, as one of our metrics is that, you know, we know that that's a, that's a source of financing for us at any time we want to draw on it. Well, assuming the market stays frothy. 
Uh, well, we've got multiple sources that we've got. Uh, we've got debt financing available to us. We've got equity financing available to us. Uh, we've got founder financing available to us. So if, if you look at, you know, the really bad recessions, they usually don't take, you know, the, the markets usually don't dry up. Take 2008. Markets didn't dry up for more than like a year and a half. So, you know, that's not a big gap to close for us. We, we're not too concerned with it. Well, I mean, just to be clear, though, when you're talking about valuation, so right now, I mean, there's a huge, there's a lot of people talking right now in the SaaS space about this, where if the Fed fund, like if you value a SaaS company as an asset and you're doing essentially a discounted cash flow model on it of call it 50 or something really long since recurring revenue, you know, the discount rate is going to be one divided by whatever the Fed funds rate is right now, right? So if the Fed funds rate goes higher, every percentage point it goes up, but, you know, right now a SaaS company you could say is essentially 50x. Well, if the Fed funds rate goes from 1% to 2%, well, now it's only 20x or 25x. And if it goes up to 3%, it keeps going down. So there's a lot of people saying if interest rates keep going up, how they're going, actually valuations are going to get squeezed in the SaaS space. So I'm just wondering how you say with such confidence that no matter what, you can kind of rely on that valuation for any kind of funding. Well, because I think there's there's two um, there's there's two things there. One is what's our well, you know what's our valuation, uh, and you know obviously that's going to fluctuate at the moment. It's it's a very high multiple, even if it went to what's seen as a pretty historically low multiple. Um, it, it's not we it, we've got a lot of room to move on a you know on a on a typical deal, our sales costs and our marketing costs are actually a very, very small fraction of the of the deal. How, so, I'm just curious, like how small though? Fully weighted. Uh, it, it varies pretty widely. When, whether you're talking about a company like um, a very, very large enterprise with a couple hundred thousand seats, you know, you might see a, a sales cost of fifty thousand um, dollars. Or if you're dealing with, you know, we we had um, we actually had a very large company that that came inbound to us. Uh, as a referral from another customer, we close them in 60 days with almost no sales costs. So, you know, I think um, even if we do kind of go, you know, all out and we're spending a lot of client uh, time on site with the client and everything, it's just not even one of the factors that that we really worry about in terms of, um, you know, should we try to should we try to spend less and get less deals? Actually, that's not it's what not- I'm saying. I'm actually saying the opposite. Like you, you, you actually, you keep, you use, you keep talking about it like it's a negative. I mean, but I've actually, most of the companies that go from like, you know, that I've interviewed that go from 30 million to 90 million in ARR, they actually get more and more predictability around, they know they can spend a dollar 20, right. For a new dollar of ARR. And so you have to obviously start spending more money to build out your cohort, to figure out what you can consistently get. No, I'm not trying to say you should spend less or less or less. I'm actually arguing the opposite. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe that's what we're saying then. What I'm what I'm thought you were saying is that we should be spending, or we should, you know, uh, be more careful with how we spend our, on our sales and marketing costs. Um, but I I just don't, you know, that's not something when, when we're looking at our most important metrics, the amount that we're we're uh, you know spending, it's a very small percentage of the overall. The, the things that matter most to us in getting good margins are. Things like our hosting costs, our security costs, those are through the roof. You know, um, it's, it's it's very expensive for us to you know deploy private environments for these large enterprise customers. For are these they're not on-prem stuff, are they? Uh, that we do private encrypted cloud, so it's like a SaaS model, but uh, PwC can own it, for example, if they want. So that's that's pretty expensive for us to do, and we, we're always looking at ways to try to make that more efficient. Interesting. When you look at gross margin, I mean, are you still though in the 85 percent range, or are you lower because of the security, the hardware? No, we're like eighty-five to ninety percent. Okay, I mean, well, yeah, that, that's right. I'm in the range. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But, but so let's ignore CAC for a second. I'm just trying to get in your head in sense of aggressiveness. So a payback period, if you land a $10 a month account, obviously, and you spend a dollar, right? That payback period is called 10 months, but you can multiply both those by 10 and the payback period is still is 10 months. I'm just kind of curious from an aggressive perspective, are you willing to spend up to a year or first year ACV, no matter the size to get the customer or, or you want to do less than that? No, no, a year is, I think a year is still fine at this kind of stage. Right now, you know, the, the most important thing for us is it, it, we're not operating in a bubble, right? There's, this is becoming a very, very hot space. And um, we have to make sure that we, it's a, a bit of a land grab. We need to get as many big logos as we can as quickly as we can and, sh- and do a great job in retaining them. So um, that's, that's our goal. Our, we've got our foot, you know, fully to the floor. And um, if in the early days, maybe not quite so much, but as soon as the space started heating up, and you see big potential entrants and things like that. Let's try to just spend what we need to and get get as aggressive as we can. Uh, not be silly about it, but you know, I think a, a first year spending the first year on on sales and marketing costs is is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, view. makes sense. Talk to me real quick before we wrap up. Uh, you know, obviously churn is critical. It sounds like you, pr- I, I think, probably have net revenue retention above hundred percent at this point. Is that the case? And if so, what's the kind of the gross revenue churn per year? Yeah, we have almost no churn. So. The the um and and if you look at it from so the the types of customers that we've had uh, hit the pause button um, essentially our system uh, most of the time for most of the use cases that people do it's trying to improve a a CRM that nobody was using so our system goes in does a bunch of automation and all of a sudden now there's great data in the CRM the problem is we've had some organizations where customers have said we we need to switch CRMs because you know, we were with this company and now we moved to that one or whatever. A lot of times that's a two-year uh, pause. So if that happens, we have to go pause as well. Um, is that churn? I don't know. Um, but other than that, in, with, among our enterprise customers, we haven't had any any churn at all. Mm-hmm. So, so, so when you we, look at though, this on a cohort basis, so like, so like the cohort you signed up a year ago in October of call it 2017, let's say that was worth three, you know, 500,000 bucks in ACV this year, when they're renewing in October, what have you expanded that to? Does it go up to 750 or a million? Um, yeah, our, our expansions haven't generally been that dramatic. Uh, there, there've been some, especially so, so, you know, when you have a customer of, let's say a thousand people, um, a lot of times we'll get fully deployed on, on day one. If you have a company with that's operating in 50 countries uh, with 300,000 employees, a lot of times we start with you know 10 or 20,000 seats and we deploy country by country by country throughout the months and years that, that follow. And then we'll you know add on products and, and so on. So with very large companies, there's a lot more dramatic expansion in the smaller companies, not so much. Mm-hmm. Got it. But again, that's why people tend to just look at like net revenue retention on a cohort. Cause it doesn't matter if you're big or small, you just get total churn revenue and total added. Do you know what those numbers are yet or no, you're just growing so fast. You're not looking at it. Um, yeah, we're, we're not really, um, I mean, we only have about 50 customers, right? So, uh, most of them are, we, we have a pretty good split of, of, um, you know, large enterprise customers where they're, uh, we're, we're looking at things like how are we moving the, the ACV from year to year? Um, which has been growing at about 20, 30% annually. Okay. By the way, that's it. That's what the expansion revenue would be then, right? So you have about a 20% expansion. Yeah. Well, we're, we're expanding, uh, the, the revenue per seat, but we're also expanding the number of seats. So it's both sides. So when you add both those percentages together, then it was more like 30, 40% or what? Yeah. Probably more like 50%. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, good. I mean, obviously that's really healthy. So, um, what last question here on team, what's the team size today? Uh, we're 100 and 120, 125 people. That's great. And that's you boarded, you said half dozen today. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the last few weeks we've been doing four or five every week. That's great. And that's uh, where's everyone based? Uh, well, we got, we've got a lot of people in Fredericton, New Brunswick. That's where we kind of started with our engineering team and so on. Um, and customer success is there, customer support. We have a, a team of about 30 or so in Chennai, India. That's R and D mostly and some support. And then we have our sales team, which is, we have about a dozen salespeople in, in London. Um, we have some in, uh, we have a Chicago office now with a half dozen people or so, and then a bunch of other people that are just first around. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, Jody, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last business book that you read? Uh, it's never eat alone. <laughs> Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, probably Benioff. Yeah. Number, uh, three, how many, uh, what's your favorite, sorry, what's your favorite online tool for building your business besides your own? Yeah, it's, I'd say, you know, reporting tools. We went through a few, a few different ones, but I love the dashboard and KPI reporting tools. Well, yeah. So which one do you use? Uh, we, we went from Tableau business objects. Now we're doing our own thing, <laughs> but, um, name, we, sorry, we, the purpose, we, name a tool that, sorry, name a tool that my listeners, if they think like they want to try it too, could also try it. What's a tool that you use to grow the business? Um, I mean, Tableau is a great tool. Okay. But you switched away from it. Yeah. What's that? But you switched away from it. Yeah, exactly. It's expensive. And we're, we're all still kind of in the reporting business. So, uh, we had, uh, you know, I'm not trying to pitch myself, but you know, we, uh, I, I like, I think that reporting is a great thing. Tableau has a great tool. All right. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? (laughs) Um, you know, probably, probably seven. Okay. That's not, not horrible. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm single. So, okay. No, no kids that you know of. No, I, I do have a kid. Okay. Okay. Good. You do. So good. I'm glad I asked. All right. Not married one kiddo. And how old are you? I'm uh, 45, 45. Last question, Jody, what do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, just, just to work as hard as you possibly can. Cause it's so much fun and you learn so much. Yep. Guys, there you have it. Work hard, especially in those younger years when you can, and you have a, don't have a lot of responsibilities yet coming from Jody founded intro hive back in 2012 today, uh, past 10 million bucks, or they're doing about 10 million bucks right now in ARR. They're about three uh, Xing year over year. So healthy growth, 50 companies paying them per month, very much in the enterprise space, 15, that's one, 5 million raised net revenue retention over a hundred percent. They've got about 125 people in a bunch of different remote locations, you know, payback periods, you know, pretty low uh, when they do want to get aggressive though, you know, he's happy to spend up to 12 months uh, to acquire the customers in a very, very hot space. Jody, thanks for taking us to the top. Great. Thank you.